Hill, State Representative of Florida, District 1. Representative Hill, thank you for joining me. Dr. Duke, thank you for having me. In a previous uh, previous segment, you and I talked about uh, Black Lives Matter and, and how you can separate what is good and useful from everything else that goes along with it. I want to talk to you now about the consequences, not just of the Black Lives Matter riots, but the Antifa tag-alongs, the counterculture revolution that's taking place, the anti-historical ignorance of monument destruction, purging of books, uh, taking down monuments. I want to start with the idea that these protesters, whether they're Black Lives Matter or Antifa or some combination of both, are going after statues and monuments that are actually people who were on their side. We've got in Philadelphia a great statue of Matthias uh, Baldwin, who was a longtime Christian abolitionist who labored for 30 years prior to the Civil War to, to stop slavery. He's been classified as a racist. You've got figures like uh, the Emancipation Monument that Boston, the city of Boston, spent money to create to commemorate the legacy of the emancipation of American slaves. The mayor of Boston said now he will take it down. You've got all sorts of other examples, right, of people uh, all across the country who would have supported, would have been considered in their day progressive in their attitudes towards race, who ha the, whose only sin and misfortune is they're not up-to-date, woke now, up-to-date and woke the way we think they should be now. Talk about the consequences of this, uh, Mike. If we allow, and we don't stand up to it, we don't fight it, we don't arrest anybody, what's going to happen if we keep permitting this kind of cultural desecration across the land? Well, it results in anarchy. These postmodernists are trying to apply the standards of where we are today to people who were living uh, hundreds of years ago. And it doesn't work. It was a different society back then, even though, as you said, Dr. Duke, that those were people who were on the side of getting rid of slavery. Um, there was the, the uh, Lincoln uh, Monument, Lincoln Memorial, that was recently desecrated and heavily damaged in Washington, D.C. And we all know he was the one who signed the Emancipation Proclamation. So what they are trying to do is um, uh, uh, justify their behavior, and they are, it's all based on ignorance and not on facts. In fact, right here in my hometown of Pensacola, Florida, we have a, a Confederate memorial that was erected in 1891, and the purpose of that memorial, much like our Vietnam Wall of memorial, was to bring closure to a war because young men would go off to fight and were never heard from again. And so families raised private dollars to erect this memorial to bring closure to that war, a healing. And now all of a sudden, more than 100 years later, this group of people are triggered and are saying that whenever I walk by it, I'm reminded of slavery, which is, of course, nonsense. And you want to try and tear it down. And I'm launching a crusade to keep that Confederate monument there and all of our historical monuments there. Why? Because when you walk by it and look at it, you say, what is that all about? A child. So let me tell you about that. Then we understand our history. We, we understand our heritage, our legacy, the good and the bad. We embrace the good, the bad we learn from so we don't repeat it. Well, I, I, I really applaud you for that. And my response would be to the, to the typically young white 
college right. age kids who walk by that mon monument and think of, sh of slavery, I would say that's exactly right. You ought to. That's the point. I mean, we keep yeah. hearing how white people don't pay any attention to slavery. White people can't be bothered. So you got these white progressives now who are offended on behalf of blacks, right? When I walk past the statue of Thomas Jefferson or I walk past that Confederate, Confederate monument, it makes me think of slavery and I don't want to have to think about that. We need to, that's literally the argument they're making. And it is completely ahistorical. It is completely anti-historical. I go back to Jefferson, right? Yeah, Jefferson inherited about 167 slaves from his father. And yes, he kept them. But this is the same Thomas Jefferson who tried to write slavery out of the first draft of the Constitution, but the Constitutional Congress put it back. It's also the same Thomas Jefferson who gave us the document, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, that would pave the road legally for slaves eventually to be emancipated. So the idea that that you know we judge uh, Jefferson by today's standards is bizarre. I don't know if you're aware of this, but at Portland State University, they just today before we went on the air toppled a statue of Jefferson, and then kids started beating the statue with bats. The implication being. If Thomas Jefferson were alive today, it would be okay to beat him to death like we're beating a statue because we disagree with his politics or the way his world saw things. It is staggering in, as you said it, the anachronistic and, and anti-civilizational aspects of what they're doing. Yes, and, and, and what they are showing is this unbridled violence, this uh, unbridled uh, uh, adherence to the rule of law to nothing but anarchy. What, what they want is to be able to do what they want, what they think is right in their own eyes and have no consequences for it. It's like how children behave. Instead of growing up, facing reality and coming to a good conclusion, you can't do that by shouting these slogans and, and desecrating statues and monuments. Instead, we sit down, we have a good uh, adult conversation on how we move forward with this. You know, Dr. Duke, that there were so many um, assumptions that were made with that recent killing of George Floyd by that professor. First of all, they assumed that the police officer who committed that act, which was a tragedy, did it out of racist motives. There is nothing, there are no facts that point to why he did that. And then they broaden and say because of that one act, that all police forces throughout the entire nation must be racist. You have no facts which back that up. And instead, instead of just making those broad accusations, what we should instead is sit down and address what is happening and make sure that we have a police force that is there to serve us and all the communities and not be afraid when you see them approaching you. I gotta ask you why. Why is it that so many of our, of people who should know better, our corporations, our politicians, including many Republicans. Why is it that I know why our universities are doing this? Because they don't like America and they're pro-socialism. They want to see America broken down and recreated in the image of socialism. That's what university professors are doing. But what about corporations who stand to lose a lot if this does become a socialist country? Why are reflexively athletes, reflexively um, politicians on the right and the left, why are they getting so behind this and participating in cancel culture, participating in the idea that anybody who has a different view or criticizes any aspect of this, including looting, arson, and beating people nearly to death in the name of social change, that to criticize any aspect of this makes you a racist and a bigot and a white supremacist, and so you've got this arc now 
of media, social media, big tech, politicians, schools, colleges, athletes, Hollywood, all in enforcing what is basically a no-say zone. You will do whatever is told of you. You will take whatever's offered you by these radical radicals in the street, and you're going to like it, or else we're going to get rid of you. Well, it's amazing what we're seeing, Dr. Duke, of how our society, based on fear and groupthink, has seemed to gone off the edge. It all started with the um, Russian collusion thing. Then it went into the impeachment. And then COVID-19, and I think what we're seeing is those on the left are taking advantage of what is before us now, and they're trying to continue what is happening. And I believe it is all to affect these elections that are coming up in November to try and keep President Trump from being reelected. I think that is the bottom line of what we're seeing. But why so many corporations are giving into this, and, and as you say, even Republicans are giving into it, is baffling to me because I never would have thought that so many Americans would have willingly have given up their liberties with how they did with COVID-19. Mike, I'm going to say something that probably would be very controversial if I said it anywhere else, but I'm going to say it and I'm going to want you to have the fat last word on this. Doesn't the fact that you have uh, riots in the streets, you have Black Lives Matter people in the streets, they are burning, some of them, burn and, and Antifa with them, burning and looting and rioting. They're not being arrested. They're not being charged. No one's stopping them. They are given carte blanche to eradicate monuments, to completely transform our culture. And, and all we do is defend them, and corporations and Hollywood send them more money to do what they're doing. Doesn't that by itself demonstrate that the idea of white supremacy in this country is already shockingly overblown? Yes, indeed. I agree with you 100% there. What we have in this nation is the rule of law. And if we don't, that's, that's what makes us a republic. And if we don't adhere to that rule of law, we break down into anarchy. And eventually when you have anarchy, something has to fill that, and that would be socialism and communism. And I think that is the goal of the left right now. Mike, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate your insight, and we hope you're successful in everything you Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Let it be known, millions of us Americans know, Antifa, you're fascist. Black Lives Matter. You're Marxist. You don't give a damn about the black people. All you two anarchistic organizations care about is achieving destruction of America. Well, it won't work. You have awakened the patriots of America. There are many, many of us. We're a very powerful force, as you will see if you continue upon the path upon which you're walking. We're Christians, we love God, we love our country, and we love our police. And we will do anything and everything to defend, protect, and lift them up. You protect our police, you protect our country. Regardless of our history, we do have a history and you will not destroy it. You'll topple all of our monuments, you politicians, you turn my stomach, you democratic, radical, leftist, socialistic scum, you House representatives. All you crave is power, money, and control over our lives. Well, you will not get it. You will pay in the ballot box. You former politicians that exhort the 
young people to keep protesting for change. Oh, there will be a change, all right. Once again, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you will be knocked down. We're Christians. We're all Americans, black, white. It does not matter our color. We all bleed red. We all bleed red, white, and blue. We are patriots. You have awakened the wrong people to awaken. The American people are waking up. You destroyed a lot of our buildings. You socialist, democratic mayors and our governors, which are incompetent, you're worthless, you're useless. You will be voted out of office. You're allowing our cities to be burned and pillaged and looted by outright thugs. Again, along with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Well, it's going to come to an end. And Chaz there in Seattle, stand by. You're going to be thrown out, regardless of the Socialist City Council and Mayor. Once again, we love our police. We will support them. We will not stand by and allow you Democrats to defund them or to render them virtually useless. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashid Liab, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, you all turned my stomach, you bunch of pukes. You don't serve the American people, you're only self-serving, but you will fail. You will pay a price at the ballot box. But remember, we love our country, we love our police, we will defend them, and we will defend our country to the death. We are patriots. Secretary uh, joining us now. Um, Dr. Carson, always good to have you with us. You know, with, this, with regard to this question of the, the foundation of Black Lives Matter, and when you hear you know, them talk about their Marxist ideology, that they're proud of that Marxist ideology, you know, do you, are you concerned about that extending into the broader part of the movement that you see you know, on people's t-shirts and everything else? Do you think that there's a danger that emanates from that? Well, we're really talking about two different things. Uh, you know, do black lives matter? I think everybody would agree that they do. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're talking about something else when we're talking about a movement that espouses things like, you know, taking down the model of Western family structure talking about defunding the police and there are a host of things on their website uh, the Marxist uh, influence mm -hmm. these are things that are antithetical to the American model and to patriotism in this country so I think there are a lot of innocent and good people who think Black Lives Matters just means you know we should be taking care of our black citizens and making sure that they're not discriminated against Absolutely. and that's noble and laudable yep. but we have an organization that is taking advantage of the fact that people don't really know what's behind a marxist driven organization great point you know, with regard to, um, you know, what sort of can be said and not said when you talk about Black Lives Matter, this is um, a tweet from Terry Crews, who said, if you're a child of God, you are my brother and sister. I have family of every race, creed, and ideology. We must ensure 
hashtag Black Lives Matter doesn't morph into hashtag Black Lives Better. Um, that becomes a controversial statement in today's environment. What do you say to that? Well, interestingly enough, you know, one of the heroes of everybody of our history is Dr. Martin Luther mm -hmm. King. And what did he advocate for? A colorblind society. Yeah. He said, I dream of a time when people will be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Here we are putting everything in the context of color of skin, of external characteristics. And as I've said before, those things don't really matter at the same way as your brain does. You know, when I open up somebody's head and I'm operating on their brain, there is nothing in there that says this is a black person or a white person or a yellow person or a brown person. And that is the thing that actually makes you who you are. And as we divide ourselves, we allow ourselves to be divided, we are destroying the very fabric of our nation. This is called the United States of America. And this is what we need to think about. You know, and instead of trying to tear down our history, yeah. maybe what we need to be doing is adding to our history. Let's, let's put some statues up of, of Booker T. Washington, George mm -hmm. Washington Carver, Elijah McCoy, who invented the automatic lubrication system for locomotive engines. People tried to always copy his stuff, and people would say, is that a McCoy? Is that the real mm -hmm. McCoy? He's an African-American inventor. There's a lot of things that we can be putting up and make sure that everybody feels that they're included in the yeah. development of this great nation of ours. That's a great idea. Before I let you go, the, the phrase symbol of hate that the president tweeted about the Black Lives matter paint uh, that's going down right now in front of uh, City Hall downtown. Um, was that a mistake on his part to, to call it that or not? Well, I, I guess the, the larger question is when you're in a public forum, a public square, do you have the right to put on there, you know, a political statement? Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder what people would say if somebody painted a Confederate flag on a public street. So we really need to take into consideration those things. On, on private property, absolutely do whatever you want. This is a, a free country. But we have to recognize that when we put political symbols on public property, we have to take responsibility for that. All right. Dr. Ben Carson, as always, good to have you here tonight. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Martha. Because of the color of our skin, people don't seem to like us. I love you guys. Do you know, Mexicans hate blacks, Mexicans hate whites. Whites hate Mexicans, blacks hate Mexicans, blacks hate whites, blacks hate blacks. So what's happening in Chicago? Do you think the problem could be... Ooh. What's your thoughts on the afterlife? Well, I think there is afterlife. It got to be somewhere better than we are right now. Like having, you know, somewhere really nice. And what about you, Jamar? I agree with her. I think there is an afterlife. Now, why do you think there's an afterlife? Uh, the people that have passed away in my life have somehow tried to, you know, reach out to me in different ways. Uh, when my uncle passed away some years ago, uh, he would do this infamous knock whenever he used to come to our house, and I heard it recently. Did? Yeah. Is that creepy? It was, but at the same time, it was reassurance. So he made it somewhere better. Anything else other than the knock? 
my auntie when she passed away the weirdest thing happened uh never happened before at our house a hornet's nest showed up out of nowhere and it spelled out the letter of her uh her name the first letter of her name which is a d what's wrong with that nation at the moment what's wrong with the america racism it's a mess <laughs> it's complete utter mess just because of the color of our skin people don't seem to like us I love you guys. Well, you're one of the few. Do you think it's deeper than skin? It probably is. There's probably more to it, but for whatever reason, some people see the skin color and they just get uncomfortable. Do you know Mexicans hate blacks, Mexicans hate whites. Whites hate Mexicans, blacks hate Mexicans, blacks hate whites, blacks hate blacks. So what's happening in Chicago? Do you think the problem could be sin and not skin? Ooh. It could be. Never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's deeper than skin deep. You know, you can uh, you look at the world and it's a world's a mess. And there's one thing we have in common is that the world's given itself to things that are an abomination to God, like fornication, adultery, blasphemy, homosexuality, abortion. All these things are offensive in God's sight. And so we're like a nation that's gone its own way and we're reaping the consequences of doing our own thing. Do you think I'm right? Yeah. So... Do you think God is happy with you or angry at you? I think he's pretty happy with me. You know, he's spared my life a couple of times. A couple of times. There was one time where I got into a bad accident with a diesel truck. I am surprised I survived and I just thank God every day. What happened? Well, I was doing a lift job. I just bought this brand new car. I only had the car for five days. I was parked waiting on my passenger. I look and she's jumping back and I'm trying to figure out why. And this diesel truck just smacks my car. Uh, smashes it to the ground. I'm surprised, you know, if my arm would have been hanging out, I would have lost my arm. I could have just died, you know, how fast it hit me. So God's preserved you? Oh, yes, I think so. Maybe he's preserved you for such a time as this. I'm going to ask you some questions about the afterlife, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you think you're a good person? Yes, I think so. And what do you think? I would say I'm, yeah. I'm going to try and prove otherwise. I'm going to put you on the stand and be a prosecutor. All I want from you is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God. Can you be honest with me? Yes, I can. How many lies have you told in your life? A lot. Too many to count. And what about you? Same. Um, have you ever driven along the street and you've got these meters that tell you how fast you're going? Mm -hmm. And they say you're going 65 and this is a 30 mile an hour area. Why do they have those? Those are to prevent you from speeding, to show you, hey, you can be going too fast and just slow down. Yeah, they give you a, a standard to measure yourself by. So I'm doing that with you. I'm taking you through the Ten Commandments to see if you're a good person. Okay. So have you lied to? Yep. Have you stolen something in your life? Yep. And what about you? Yes, I have. What do you call someone who steals? A thief. So what are you? A thief. A lying thief. Now, do you still think you're a good person? <laughs> you still think you're a good person? Yes, I do. Have you ever used God's name in vain? When I didn't know better, yes. Would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? No. Of course you wouldn't. Now, why not? Because it's my mother and I love her. You respect her and you love her, but you don't respect God and love him because you took his name and used his holy name in the place of a filth word to express disgust. Have you broken that third commandment? Yes, I have. And Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in the heart. Have you ever looked with lust? Yep. And what about you? Yes. We're speeding. Can you see that the meter's saying we're in big trouble with the law? So, you guys, both you guys just told me, and I'm not judging you, that you're lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterers at heart, and you have to face God on Judgment Day. If he judges you by the Ten Commandments, we've looked at four, 
you're going to be innocent or guilty? I'd probably be guilty. Same. I'd definitely be guilty. Heaven or hell? Most likely hell. And what about you? I would say heaven. I think he would see that I have a really good heart. I've done a lot of good things in my life. Try that in a court of law. If you break the law and you say, Judge, I robbed the bank, shot the guard, but I want to tell you about the good things I've done in my life. He's going to say, what are you talking about? He's not going to judge you on the good things you've done. It's on the crime and the crime alone. This is true. Unless I robbed a bank and gave it to people that really needed it. Does it concern you that if you die today, you'd end up in hell? Because the Bible actually says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. No thief, no adulterer, no fornicator, no blasphemer will inherit the kingdom of God. Does it concern you that if you die today, you'd end up in hell? Yes, it would. And what about you? Yes, I would be concerned. Just go back to that good works thing. Most religions are based on that. They think if they do good, they're good to outweigh their bad. But the Bible says the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to God. It's like offering the judge $5 to be lenient on you. The only thing that can save you yeah, bribery. The only thing that can save you is the mercy of God. And the Bible says God is rich in mercy to all that call upon him. So tell me, what did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Ah, that's a good one. Huh? You don't know? He spared him, didn't he? Or no? no, he did something wonderful. You don't know? What about you, Tumar? He died for our sins. Yeah. Now, most people know that. They know that, but they don't know this. And this is life-changing if you can get a grip of it. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. Mm -hmm. You and I broke the law. Mm -hmm. Jesus paid the fine. Mm -hmm. That's why he said on the cross, it is finished. In other words, the debt has been paid. Mm -hmm. If you're in court and someone pays you fine, the judge can let you go even though you're guilty. You can say, hey, you guys, there's a stack of speeding fines here. This is deadly serious. But someone's paid him. You're free to go. And you can do that, which is legal and right and just. You walk free somebody paid your fine and you can do that which is right god can legally take the death sentence off you mm -hmm. and let you live forever because jesus paid the fine in full right. that's why he said it is finished just before he died right. and then he rose from the dead and defeated death mm -hmm. and if you guys simply repent of your sins and trust in jesus you have god's promise he'll grant you everlasting life as a free gift so both of you are like a man who's going to jump out of a plane ten thousand feet He's not got a parachute on, but this is his attitude. This is his plan. Mm -hmm. He's going to try and save himself by flapping his arms. Mm -hmm. Not say that person, don't do that. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. You can't save yourself. Trust the parachute. Mm -hmm. So guys, don't trust your goodness to save you on Judgment Day. It's not going to work because you're not good. You're like the rest of us. You have a multitude of sins. Simply transfer your trust from yourself to the Savior. Is this making sense? It makes perfect sense. So when are you going to do that? When are you going to put your faith in Christ? Now. What about you? Now. Can I pray with you guys? Yes, you can. Father, I pray for these dear folks. That in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tom is going to love this. Are you a Christian? Absolutely. The Christian. Yes. That's what she is. And today is the answer to her prayers. Yes. <laughs>
Lives Matter. I'm black. Yeah, yeah, but that's not. You're white. You know, you're not black on the inside. I'm more black than you on the inside at this particular point. There were people during the times of slavery who enabled the slavers. You're on the wrong side, ma'am. I promise you. You are my sister. I am you standing here. I promise you where I am. You are me standing here. My vote. No comment. Come on. Come on. Social distance. Come on. We just did. The very first Americans. The very first Americans were protesters. Protesters the very first people to die for this country. Sir, what's your profession? I'm Jesus Christ, you tool. My profession is to save the world from goddamned assholes like yourself. Can I see your ID? Please. Yeah, you really want to? Stay tuned. All of these are open. Okay. I'm ready to go. Okay. Where are the gloves at? I need gloves. The gloves that was that was in the bag. The gloves? Where's your uh, where's your helpers? Uh people that come. If they come, they come. If they don't, okay. Alright. So all of these are open. Y'all just start, we just must get to it. Okay. Oh, 
vehicle speeding westbound on 79th street in the 1000 block began firing at attendees of a funeral uh, at that time the attendees of the funeral exchanged gunfire with the black vehicle black vehicle then turned northbound down carpenter upon going northbound down carpenter and continued to fire at the attendees of uh funeral at which time the vehicle midway down the block uh crashed and came to a halt the occupants of the vehicle then exited in multiple directions and fled. We currently have a person of interest uh, being interviewed by area detectives of the area. And out of this incident, there are 14 victims being treated at five separate area hospitals. Conditions are unknown at this time. We currently, uh, the detectives will be conducting a canvas for the rest of this evening and early tomorrow. We are hoping that the uh, community, if you have any video or anybody that knows anything, will uh, help the detectives in their canvas and offer any information that can help solve this crime. How many uh, shots were fired and how many shooters did you know? Currently, right now, we have 60 shell casings on the scene. Shooters are unknown at this time for the exchange between the... Wow. Please give me a moment. Give me a moment. Let me gather my thoughts. Because I'm trying to... I'm trying to figure out what in the world is going on in Chicago. Wake up, people. Wake up and smell the coffee. Look at what is going on in Chicago. It sounds like a war zone. That's exactly what it sounds like. Sound like a third world country. 
We need to get Chicago under control. Where is the mayor at? Hmm. I heard she been talking about Trump. She needs to be talking about her city. She needs to be focused on Chicago. She needs to stay off of social media and focus on Chicago. Because this is absolutely crazy. This is not the America I know. And you know the crazy part about all of this? Everybody want to scream BLM, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. But if black lives really matter, tell me why this black officer had to tell us that a bunch of black people were shot in Chicago. Huh? And guess what? Guess what? Black people are doing this to other black people. Do y'all not hear what the man said? He said a car pulled up to a funeral, a funeral. And started shooting 60 something shell cases. It sound like war. What's going on with people? Chicago needs some real help. But they don't really want to take it, I heard. I heard. That's what I heard. But they need to take all the help they can get. This is absolutely nuts. But don't come at me screaming, Black Lives Matter, BLM all day. Hashtag BLM. Hashtag stop black on black crime. Use that hashtag. If you want to use a hashtag, use the hashtag stop the violence in Chicago. If you want to use a hashtag, use the hashtag the Chicago mayor needs to do her job. Use that hashtag. If black people, listen up everybody, please, please listen up. This is very important. So send this video to your friends, share it with everybody because I want everybody to hear this, okay? If black people want white people, listen, if black people want white people to know that black lives matter, then black people need to show it by stopping black on black crime. You can't sit up here and tell a white man that black lives matter. And you want the white man and the white woman to scream black lives matter. But you in Chicago acting like black lives don't matter. Come on now. But at the end of the day, all lives matter. My life, your life, I don't care what color you are, your life matters. I don't care what color you are, what race you are. It is one race, and that is the human race. And we all matter at the end of the day. And I would be outraged if that was a white man who shot up a funeral. I would have been outraged if that was an Hispanic man who shot up a, a funeral or an Asian man. I don't care who it is. You don't shoot nothing up. We all matter. Stop the violence. Let's come together. And they need to get Chicago under control. And yes, I'm going to receive some heat from BLM for saying this, but I'm telling it like it is. And I hope this video reach everybody and their mama.
stop the violence in Chicago. Stop it. Recently, you've seen Terry Crews and Donna Lemonade spar and CNN, and you've seen Donna Lemonade try to tell Terry Crews what Black Lives is about, and that it sparked because of police violence in black inner cities. That's what they said. The fact remains that their mission statement clearly states that they want to remove black men from their household and turn black households gay. That's their fucking mission statement. So whenever you see anyone screaming Black Lives Matter and promoting that logo, they're promoting genocide, genocide of black people, the abortion of black baby, the, 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 the removing of black men out the household so it can just be queer. When it comes to little girls and black on black violence, there is no outrage. There is no money being raised to stop it. No one gives a fuck because black lives matter. Don't give a fuck about black lives. There you have it. So, Youth Liberation Front, stop saying Black Lives Matter. That's not why you're there. Period. That's not why you're there. You're there to antagonize the police. You're not there because Black Lives Matter. Otherwise, you wouldn't be threatening a black person to leave a Black Lives Matter protest. If you really want to make a change, up your gear. We're black from head to toe. So that if we do accidentally get somebody's face, you're just I'm just getting in somebody's cloth. You're not gonna force a person of color out of a Black Lives Matter protest. Period. And I'd like to see you try. Wait for the queen job! I'm not being home just it's fun. But he can't do nothing. He can't do nothing. Listen, listen, he's doing his job. Don't be an idiot. He can't do nothing. of the 2020 election. For the first time since October 2016, President Trump will share the stage with a political opponent, Democratic presidential nominee and former Vice President Joe Biden. Here's a look at the stakes for tonight. About three quarters of likely viewers, people who say they'll watch, are tuning in to see how their candidate does. Just 6% say they're watching because they're still deciding whom to vote for. 6% may not sound like a lot, but it can take less than that to flip a state. 13 states plus Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District saw a margin smaller than 6% in the 2016 election. Together, they're worth 162 electoral votes, more than half the 270 needed to win the presidency. Caitlin Huey-Burns and Nicole Killian join me now. Caitlin is CBSN's political reporter. She is in Cleveland tonight. And Nicole is a CBS News correspondent covering all things out of Washington. Welcome to you both. All right, Caitlin, let me start with you. The number of persuadable voters may be relatively small, but how important are undecided voters at this moment in the campaign? 
Right, that number of undecided voters is very small. We have fresh new polling out from CBS News that shows a vast majority of people that are going to be watching this debate tonight, likely voters, 73% say that they've already chosen a candidate and they're tuning in to see how that candidate does. About 41% are tuning in just for the entertainment value alone. About 8% are tuning in uh, because they have nothing else to watch, so maybe they have exhausted all of the options on Netflix. And here's the key number, 6%. 6% of likely voters in our poll tonight say they are tuning in to figure out who they are going to vote for. So that's a very small margin, a very small number. We've been talking all day about are there any of these persuadable voters left in an election that is increasingly uh, becoming all about turning out your base. Who are these voters that are going to be tuning in tonight? Just 6% of them looking to see how Biden and Trump do against each other. We know, as we've been talking about also, that Democratic Party voters have been waiting for tonight this entire campaign, going all the way back to Iowa in 2019 when I was out there covering one of the first uh, presidential events by Elizabeth Warren, who announced her candidacy. Voters even then were saying that the, re the way that they were going to measure up these candidates running for the Democratic nomination was imagining them on a debate stage with Donald Trump. So tonight we'll see what their expectations are and if they paid off. Yeah, I remember you telling us about that uh, all those months ago. Well, Nicole, of course, one big difference about this election cycle is that voting is already underway. Close to 1.3 million people have already voted. In the battleground state of Wisconsin, they're already at a tenth of 2016 turnout. So how does that change the dynamic of the race and the debates? Well, I think it does and it doesn't. I mean, that is a lot of people, but there's still a lot of people who haven't voted. And so whether someone is voting absentee, voting by mail, voting early in person, uh, which we've seen that in a number of states are just waiting until Election Day uh, to cast their vote, uh, you know, Voters make up their minds when they make up their minds. And while many have, there are still some out there that haven't. I've been traveling across a couple of 